What's going on team? Jeremy Baruman here. I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of the Becoming Optimal podcast. Really excited, been working on this for quite some time, really hoping to bring you some of the best, most valuable and relevant content when it comes to improving, enhancing your health and getting you to become optimal. For today's opening show, we're going to be talking to one of my best friends and greatest colleagues, Cesar Sanchez. Cesar is a health coach from San Diego, California, probably one of the most knowledgeable practitioners uh, in the industry. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about this, a little bit about that. We're going to be covering the role of combat, the role of martial arts in today's culture, the impacts that it has on masculinity, why so many issues that we have going on today can be traced back to a lack of ritual, a lack of ritual from boys to men. We'll be talking about anything and everything related to uh, related to health, hoping to take you down some really fun rabbit holes. And uh, without further ado, Caesar, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, buddy. I'm doing very well, man. I'm really, really excited uh, to yeah. be your guest in your podcast. And yeah, I appreciate uh, yeah, man, what a what a better. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I feel kind of funny. I'm like, how are you? I never ask how are you. I, I like usually say how's it going or <laughs> whatever. Um, you know. So for the audience, you know, Caesar and I, we we uh we go back. We go back. You know, and and honestly, in the in the in the grand scheme of things, when I think about how long we've known each other, you know. Um, I have friends that um, that I've known longer than you, and yet you are by far one of my um, my closest friends because of what we've, um, I guess, probably experienced, you know, and the paths that we've traveled um, in 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 honestly a relatively short amount of time. If you think about it, you know, uh, we lived in we lived together in San Diego, um, you know, for really only a, only a, a few years. If you think about it, you know, and um, and, and here we are, we always just kind of, you know, pick up, pick up where we left off. So, so that I'm not, you know, ranting too much about, about the nostalgic memories. Um, Caesar, I kind of wanted to start out talking about um, what it is that you do, um, because when I was thinking about what the audience might want to know, it, you know, it's something that I've struggled with as a practitioner, because we, we want to be problem solvers. We want to do better. And oftentimes when it comes to helping people um, become optimal or get healthier, um, we're often trying to think about um, more things than just like exercise or, you know, or nutrition. So um, how, you know, how might you describe uh, what it is that you do? Some, somebody asks you, you know, what do you do? What do you, what do you say to them? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I want to, I want to, honor back and say that you're one of my closest friends too, man. You're definitely one of my best friends. And, you know, I've had so many good stories to share about you and me. So I just want to say, just want to say that, that first. And uh, to answer your question, that's an interesting question because, and I'm pretty sure you remember this, I have struggled for many years um, giving the right answer when someone tells me, what is it that you do? And the more we expand, the more I expand in my field and the more I'm trying to understand what health is, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's kind of complicated to, to talk about exercise and other methodologies that I bring into my practice, right? But I think I finally figured out how to explain it in a very simple way. So when someone asks me, what is it that you do? I, 
I define myself as a health coach or a holistic practitioner. And so basically what that means is that I not only just focus on exercise, you know, but I also build a relationship with uh, my clients. And by building a relationship, that means that I, I, I learn about their lifestyle. I learn about what is it that they eat. I learn about their um, uh, movement behaviors. I learn about their jobs, their environment, and anything I can learn that can help me understand where they're coming from. Okay. Uh, and so I'll give you a basic example, right? A very, very basic example. A lot of the, and I'm sure this, the, the same thing happens to you. I, I get a lot of uh, clients that come to me because they have either shoulder pain, knee pain, or back pain. I think back pain is like the most common thing, right? And as I'm, and when I ask them, well, what is that you have done, right? The very first thing they say, well, I've tried everything. I was like, oh, I've tried everything. I said, all right, well, what is it, everything? Well, you know, massage, therapist, chiropractic, you know, acupuncture, whatever. And those are great, great tools, right? Those are great, great tools. But if the, if the person is not really creating an environment that facilitates healing, healing doesn't take place. Healing doesn't happen. So my job as a health coach is to learn, about, again, learn about their lifestyle, learn about their environment, and connect the dots and say, okay, this is why is it that you're not healing? Let's put it together. So going back to your question, how do I describe what I do? Uh, I'm a health coach. Yeah, I mean, I think you, uh, that, that, was a, that was an eloquent explanation. Um, I liked how you talked about like facilitating healing because yes. as, you know, our careers grow and as our understanding of health grows, it's a, uh, as cliche as it sounds like the human body is like an amazing thing. So oftentimes yeah. I'm trying to help uh, either myself or other people understand why is it that your body is not healing because your body is just in this, in this state of trying to heal, but yes. oftentimes we're putting things in front of it that prevent it from, you know, from doing that. And when I say, you know, I, that's obviously an understatement. When I say oftentimes, I mean, people live their entire life of just, um, of just breaking down, just breaking down, you know, with, you know, <laughs> it's like, like, uh, like 75% destruction, like 25% destruction, the 25% might be one to two hours of semi quality sleep, you know, that they get at night because they're falling asleep with the TV on or, you know, with their phones in their face. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst at that as well sometimes, but, um, anyways, uh, you said something that I thought was interesting. Um, it just makes me think about, uh, you said like build a relationship with, with your, you know, with a client yes. and um, you, you, you talked about it. You, you were more specific when you said like building a relationship to understand more of their context, more of their like environmental context. But it's interesting to me as I, as I've grown through my career where before when we used to have a relationship with clients, I don't, you can tell me where your, your experience on this, but before when we used to have a relationship with clients, it was like, like um, you're the trainer, you're the client. And then we have like very distinct boundaries there, you know, but as like time has gone on, there is more of a friendship, but like a true friendship because you have to be more open and honest with your clients, accepting of them, um, you know, while, while, <clears throat> 
while also probably not putting on this facade, you know, of like, I am the epitome of health and, you know, I have the ultimate authority. You know, I think that there's something to be said about, you know, being able to say, I don't know, you know, maybe we'll, we'll find, we'll find the answers out. You know, I don't, I don't know. What's your, what's your experience been like, um, you know, through like when you started out training, you know, but in, in terms of that relationship, you know, how, how did you build relationships years ago compared to, you know, now? I think, uh, <clears throat> well, I think now it's a little bit better. I'm 35 and I'll soon be 36. So I've had a little bit more life experience. So I trust my choices a lot more. I trust, I trust my advices, the ones that I give to people a lot more. And that is because I've had uh, a little bit more life experience, right? But in the beginning, when I first, um, when I first started to expand beyond just exercise uh, and movement, um, you know, I realized that when you, when you help clients understand the culprit of their illnesses or pain, it uh, sometimes sometimes the cases become very complicated because you learn that they're dealing with depression. They're dealing, um, they're, they're still dealing with some form of a trauma from childhood trauma, et cetera. They're doing, they're making some choices, you know, um, in their lives where the, that are not the best. And sometimes you have to use, you know, every person is different, you know, but sometimes you have to use a specific language where you can connect with them. And sometimes even confront them in a way where you're creating connection as opposed to scaring them away. And and I and I made the mistake in yeah because we we know. can do that oh absolutely we can that's, <laughs> we can we can do that literally in one sentence well I mean and, like you and me specifically in terms of like you know possible language that we've used in the past yeah. like it would be but it's different when we're doing like a client onboarding versus like talking to some random person on social media but anyway absolutely no, no 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 absolutely that's that's I I, I agree with you so. In the beginning, it was it, when I knew that I was going to become more than just a trainer, uh, you know, that I was going to take the role of a health coach. That that gave me a lot of anxiety because, uh, you know, I number one, I didn't have the, all the experience, you know, and then, you know, I didn't want to become just a talking head where I was just telling someone, hey, well, this is problem is related to to maybe some of your childhood trauma, you know, if you assess that area correctly. But then I was like, well, I don't have that experience yet. Like I haven't really done any work on myself. How, what, you know, how am I going to talk and even give someone some, uh, some form of a, or pre prescribe, you know, um, exercises or, re or um, have him do certain type of exercises if, if I haven't really experienced that. So I think my approach and my language and my confidence in that realm has changed over the time, but that's because I, I had to put myself through it first. I had, yeah. I had to do therapy myself. I had, I used to, I used to deal with a lot of anxiety. And until this point, sometimes, sometimes, you know, I feel, uh, I build anxiety, but I have learned so many ways to deal with it. It's different though, and but I mean, it's different. Yes. It's Cause I remember, I mean, when we, you know, I, I remember certain times when yeah. I, when I might see you, uneasy or not i i also speaking for myself i remember when yeah. i was more uneasy about things but i'm probably a little bit more comfortable now saying i just don't know you know or um uh anyways i i know what you, i know what you mean and i think you're hitting on something really important with the life experience yes I mean. and and 
what you said in the beginning, that was one thing. And I think I heard this the first time from you, if I remember correctly. I can't 100% recall, but I think I heard this from you. When you begin to say, I don't know, let me figure it out. That it gives you, that it gave me some form of relief, like, wow, I don't have to pretend like I actually know everything. I can actually show them that I'm also a human. And I, I'm just another person that's, that's, that really cares and is trying to learn to, to help the person better. I'm trying to understand better. But when you say those that powerful powerful word, you know, I don't know. Let me let me figure it out. It's uh, it, you know, it, it's it's such a powerful thing because it it gives you room for growth as a practitioner. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes me think of two things. Um, on the one hand, man, I read a quote yesterday where it was like, and we we kind of know this inherently, but. No, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say inherently. We, we know this because of our life experience. It's good to cringe when you look back on yourself from previous years, you know? And um, it's like knowing now what, what, we, what we know and also the fact that we don't know, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's laughable to me when I, when I think back to certain people that I've tried to help or train or coach, you know, because I, I started at Valley Total Fitness when I was 20. And... Um, Good Lord. Uh, I think back to some of my clients. I, I remember some of their names. Um, I remember their jobs. I remember their demeanor. And just looking back on um, who they probably were, you know, I never took the time to learn about them because I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, it was just simply like you show up to the gym, you know, we do some exercise and it's, you know, at the time I thought I was progressive because I wasn't, I was doing functional training or I wasn't just counting reps. Like we were done, we were doing something like cool stuff. And now I'm actually more, I train a lot more conventionally now. Um, but, but I've recognized that health is so much, so much more vast than just that. You know, I, I have, I describe a lot of what I do as like more behavior based now, because it's kind of like what you're saying earlier, we're trying to understand more about the behaviors that serve you and, and don't, and don't, don't serve you. And sometimes those involve exercise. Sometimes they don't. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, I think, I think it's laughable sometimes like, man, I look back on these clients and you give myself effort and a for effort for trying, but you know, you look back on it and um, you didn't have enough life experience. You don't know enough about life, about um, family, money, bills you know like all uh struggle i mean at the time I've, I've certainly struggled at certain times but um i didn't i didn't know enough about or or more importantly success success yes, you yeah. know it's easy to put yourself in this box of a trainer you know like oh i can train multiple times a day or i have time for this i can program that but people don't have those kinds of lives you know in general um so as we've gotten older um especially for myself being a dad now it's much easier to to identify with uh, the barriers that um, that people that people face, you said something else um, with regard to life experience. I can't I can't remember, but um, but that was the that was this kind of like the, the gist of it, where it's like as you've gotten older and you start to understand more, and part of that is learning more, like actually like reading and and trying to assimilate, and the other part is just living. It's like certain things you just can't you can't teach, you can't you know you can't you can't read about. So. Um, that being said, that being said, because um, I wanted to speak specifically, you know, with you about um, about combat, 
about martial arts and, and in terms of life experience it's a good example you know um you it, it, it's interesting for me let me back up here i consider myself as i hope you would uh for yourself like to be an educator right you're like a teacher in in some regard and going back to like you know going back to like looking back on yourself it's fascinating for me to see how different you are now compared to where you were when we worked together in San Diego and compared to where we, where you were when we met, you know, and at, 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 you know, the facility, I'll just say the facility um, for now back in, <laughs> you know, back in, back in San Diego, but it's like, you have like, like a totally different person in all three and all three stages. That being said, I didn't know enough about you in the beginning. It's like, I didn't really know, you know, I didn't really know much. We didn't really get close until, um you know we started training together uh yeah. in, that, in that little studio in ocean beach but um anyways not you can you can tell me about the past if that happens to come up what i what i'm really curious about is what you've begun to observe about yourself or about life since you have begun training in jujitsu um because you you were like training from my perspective you were like training and uh, like uh, you were just like training, like health, like uh, exercise. And then you start to kind of delve into this like combat and martial approach, uh, a more like practical application of everything that you've learned. And then you went hardcore into it. Now it's like, I'm seeing your stories, like you're going to tournaments and stuff like that, you know, and it's like, yeah. you're living, living that message. So tell me, tell me about that. What's, you know, what, what do you observe? Absolutely. So whew, that's a, that's a deep rabbit hole that I think I'm still, going in but it's it's giving me more of an understanding about something that i had learned about a stress management in the past that i understood theoretically but i never truly understood physically until i put myself through martial arts right so i remember i heard one time uh from someone that the most stressful situation uh for another human being is fighting versus another human being you know and, uh, you know, one on I thought one-on-one on one. and I was like, hmm. and I was like, okay, yeah, that, that might be really interesting. Right. But my experience with, um, with martial arts, um, is that, uh, it's definitely helped me a lot to, I want to say, get rid of residual trauma, uh, from my brain, from my body, from my nervous system, from my connective tissues, you know, and I say it that way because this is how is how I learned it, but I, I think there's it's actually true. Like you're getting rid of a, a lot of trauma that's stored in the body. And Peter Levine talks a lot about how it, it, uh, childhood trauma, PTSD, all of that gets stored in your in your body in general, tissues, organs, etc. So the um, the fact that I'm I train every day and I put myself in a rough scenario, it it uh, it gives me more confidence. It gives me confidence about anything in life, about decisions, about solving problems, about looking for solutions. It's almost like playing chess in a really rough scenario. You have to understand that your next move will affect the, the, the fight that you're in, right? But to explain it in a different way, I think, I believe martial arts in general not just jujitsu, but you know, martial arts, combat sports, uh, from Muay Thai, boxing, pretty much anything where you're you're under a lot of stress. I believe, I truly, wholeheartedly believe that it's 
necessary and a must for for men for men and i say this because we live in a cold you know men are inherently violent and when i say violent violent i don't necessarily mean that as a as a as a bad thing you know you need to learn how to you need to learn how to be violent and aggressive and and in a situation where you're surviving you know where you need to save your life where you need to protect your loved your loved ones right this is why and you know our physiology our brain everything is still wired into the things that we used to do before go hunt go fight go fight for your country go save save the tribe you know we 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 are we have the the ability to fight <clears throat> that's the reason it makes why we me think of uh Jordan Peterson, he calls it a, I, I believe if I'm saying it correctly, or something along like a, like a controlled monster. Yeah, like a controlled monster, et, et cetera. Yeah. You know, like we have the, that, um, we have that in us. And uh, we live in a culture that I don't think truly understands that because we no longer have to go look for our food. We don't have to hunt anymore. You know, we have, uh, uh, you know, we, we we have police, you know, that are that are that are protecting, you know, they're, they're protecting us from 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 violence, etc. We don't we no longer have to fight for that, right? So that's something that gets suppressed uh, in us, and as a result, you see a lot of people not learning how to control their emotions. You see a lot of people exploding in in stressful uh, scenarios instead of learning how to control their stress. That that a violence, you know, that's that's uh, that's in us, you know. So the, um, I truly believe that there's a lot of value in martial arts. And uh, I hope, you know, that uh, one day, you know, our culture can wake up and see that it's, it's, a, it's something that can bring a lot of value, um, especially in men. Yeah, I, I, I really feel like it should be a necessity, you know. A necessity, um, yes. It's interesting because you, um, you, you talked about like the, the value from a masculine standpoint um the value of what the value of like martial arts from like a masculine yes. standpoint yes and just in terms of our society it's, it's interesting because i i uh as i told you before like i used to train in muay thai and i remember i didn't start training until i was like 23 um but before i stepped into my first mma gym i trained hard for like six months before that i'm like i'm gonna be ready when i walk into this gym my first workout in there i was like i am not ready there was nothing mm -hmm. I was doing in my training to prepare me for, and this was like my first workout. This is like basic, basic stuff, like jumping rope for 10 minutes straight, you know, and then, and, and then the drills and stuff, they have to do any, the amount of the type of, I wasted my time six months before that. I should have just been training for six months, but you know, more importantly, that's, that's not, that's not that important. What was important for me was that um, I was preparing for this mentally. I was a young man who wanted to prove something. Um, yeah. I always told myself, I was like, I was, I was built to fight, you know, and, um, uh, it, 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 you know, it makes me think of, it makes me think of how men, males, young and old, it's more probably younger. Um, they, they, they like the incredible Hulk, the incredible yeah. Hulk from the Marvel comics, you know, a lot, a lot of guys like the incredible yes. Hulk, um, cause it's like this, this, this rage monster, you know, and, and yeah. I think a lot of males in our society, I don't, you know, a lot of males in our society, um, I don't want to say incorrectly because they do, it is correct. They correctly identify with the incredible because that's, that's what resonates with them, you know? And, um, for me, I wanted to, um, at the time I didn't, at the time I didn't know I wanted to prove myself like consciously, it wasn't a conscious thing, but I, um, 
that's what it was in hindsight. I had this like chip on my shoulder, you know? And then I started competing. I did it for some time. I think my first fight was was like supposedly a draw. I don't know, that's not that important. I, I had some fights. I got done with it rather quickly. I was done in like three years. And um, and then I just started coaching after that. And I say that because I say I put it in quotes because I think that was my way of just kind of uh, disengaging from that part of my life, you know, where I, I was like, I don't really need to, I, I love showing up to the gym. I love sparring in the same way that you might roll, you know, um, like I love sparring, like that's great. And that, I would, like when you talk about from the masculine part of it, like it's like that, that type of relationship with, with, with another man is great, you know, where it's like you're, you're, it's not, it's not egos, you know, that you're, that you're, you're pitting against each other. It's that, um, it, it's like an internal thing. And yes. um, that shaped so much of who I, who I, what, who I was for the rest of my life, who I am now recognizing that, you know, I, um, uh, combat, combat is necessary. The preparation for combat is necessary, which is also another topic where it's like, there's preparation for combat. And then there's actually like doing it, you know? And, and at that point you could probably go into this whole thing about how there's different types of combat, obviously. Go ahead, go ahead. So one thing that I wanted to add, and, you know, you said something a few, about a minute ago, where you said back when you were a young man, you, you wanted, and a young man, I'm talking about in your twenties, I'm assuming you, you meant, you meant when you, you were in your twenties, right? I mean, if you think about it, like I said, so I started training when I was 23. Okay. For whatever reason, I felt that was most appropriate. But if I really think about it, that whole chip on my shoulder, that need to prove myself. Yes. was like my entire life. Yes. So I, I, I have a, I have a perspective about, about proving, about proving or proving to yourself. And maybe this goes, maybe this goes to what you, what your definition about that is, or maybe not. But ever since I started martial arts, like I'm 35 and, you know, I went to compete. Uh, I mean, I competed twice and I'm going to compete again in September. Right. But the, um, the, the first time I went to compete, I had all this like, you know, uh, self doubts about myself. I was like, you know, what the hell am I doing competing at the age of 35? Like who, who, you know, like who, who, who does that? Right. But I was wrong. There were a lot of people there, you know, uh, in, in their thirties competing. Right. But I do believe that, um, proving to yourself, it's a, it's actually a normal process that everyone goes through. Like, uh, I was, I was looking at some, some, uh, documentaries about how people used to behave back in tribal societies and, the initiation of manhood was to take all the youngsters, all the young guys, and they, the, the, the elders, the, the wise people, the wise men in the tribes, they would take them out and they would teach them how to hunt. They would teach them how to fight, how to survive, you know, in a rough environment. And once they're able to prove to themselves that they were capable of protecting the tribe, of providing, of being, you know, what they define as masculine, I guess, the... I was going to say that that was basically the, the initiation of manhood back in the days. And I kind of relate that with martial arts. Now, a lot of people, when they try their first class, you, you have the people that have become obsessed with it and they're like, oh, my God, something just uh, lit up in my brain. And you have the people that feel intimidated and they never come back. Right. The one thing that I, that I have experienced in the year and a half that I've been training is that a lot of the people that join and they start, they immediately become obsessed. 
and they keep going, keep going until eventually they become comfortable. They no longer have that fire of wanting to prove to themselves, but they just keep showing up. They keep showing up just for the discipline because mm -hmm. they learn values, then they learn respect, they learn how to bond, you know, with other guys there. Uh, and, and they just join a healthy community. But I do believe that that's something that's in us. We as men, we're always trying to prove to ourselves that we are, you know, strong, that we are capable of fighting, that we are capable of doing, you know, playing, playing our role, the, 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 the way we were designed. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, you know, we could, we could come at this from a physiological um, standpoint, talking about talking about it from a biological standpoint, but we don't need to, we don't yes. need to, because we can look at it. We can look at our society. Now we can look at our, our culture now and see the, the repercussions of softness, you know, and um, again, it makes me think of two things. One is the softness that we see in masculinity nowadays mm -hmm. you know um from a parent standpoint i see this all the time where it's like you have these parents boys or, or girls they're very soft with them it's like they're raising soft kids and it's like like it's, i'll use boys as an example because i have a boy where it's like like let them roughhouse like let them let them fight you know to some we have, we have to have boundaries obviously of course know? but like absolutely um like don't, and, and you can encourage that behavior, you know, without, without attaching a word like toxic masculinity or some, you know, some bullshit narrative to it. You know, it's like, let boys, let boys be boys in the sense, you know, mm -hmm. um, obviously that doesn't apply to the other more negative tyrannical aspects of, of what we see in society. Like when I say let boys be boys, like I'm not saying let them be, let them be misogynists or yeah, no, you of know, course uh, asshole to women. That's, that's weakness, you know? Of course. Uh, anyways, so, so we have, we see the I think that's toxic masculinity. Yeah. The yeah, ones that I mean, are, the ones that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so as I said, we don't have to look at it from a biological standpoint because we can see it a in our culture, but then the other part of that from a cultural standpoint, and you, you were touching on this is um, the lack of initiation, the lack of ritual, yes. you know, that I, I, I think that, I think that this is one of the, one of possibly the biggest issues that we have in our society because everything's related you know it's like we have you need you need we want strong men we want strong women but you but like strong doesn't attract weak you know yeah. um so that being said one of the biggest issues that we have is that is a lack of initiation a lack of ritual from from a boy to man you were talking about like tribal societies where it's like the man can you know, can prove that he can prepare for, um, you know, prepare to defend the tribe or be a part of the tribe or whatever. And it's like, maybe they're using like the world at that time to, um, you know, to, to, to gauge what that is meaning like the environment, the animals, the wildlife, the, the, the terrain, you know, being able to prove that yes, now you're prepared. What do we, we don't have anything like that anymore. There should be, there should be it to the best of my, what I can, what I can surmise is that it's like college graduation, you know, but we know that that, that oftentimes is, is a farce, whether it's whether it's with like college debt or a, literally a lack of skill in pretty much any other area of life that they have. You know, we see this all the time and I don't mean to go down that rabbit hole with the education. So with in the context of like the masculinity and, and um, the role of combat, the value of combat, um, 
yeah, these are things that, uh, that, that, that I wish more um, men specifically, you know, would, you know, would wake up to wake up to. Absolutely. You, you, um, and you, you can, um, you can tell when you're having conversations and when you hang out with people that practice some form of martial arts and, and com combat sports, et cetera, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to get, a, get along with them. It's a lot easier to talk about anything. And, um, I watched, uh, uh, one day I watched a video by Joe Rogan <clears throat> where he's, he's, he's giving his black belt promotion. And he's there something that stuck with me ever since that a lot of the people that do not just jujitsu, but combat sports, they, they have healthier egos. They have, you know, healthier egos. They can process and they can regulate their emotions a lot better. They don't snap and, and act like, uh, like, uh, what do you call them? Um, you don't see a lot of guys, you know, like and, impulsive. That do much, exactly impulsive, impulsive and frustrated. Like they're, they, they can process uh, their emotions a lot better. You know, they can control their anger, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot better, but we don't, we, we don't have um, healthier traditions anymore. Like you, you, you mentioned the word traditions, right? No, no, no. Um, rituals or something like that Yeah. for, for, um, for adulthood, um, manhood initiation, you know, a yeah. lot of our traditions nowadays, I, I feel like they're castrated, you know, we, we, you know, they, they, yeah, that's a great way to explain they, it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're literally castrated, you know, <clears throat> if a guy shows, or if a boy shows a little bit of, of aggressiveness, they, they call that a uh, toxic masculinity. What is toxic masculinity? Like who, who, like who, who came up, you know, with that, with that, um, term terminology i have yeah, it's such a I mean, it's such a bullshit term it's, it's like, such a it's like bullshit term. it's either it's either masculinity or yeah. just toxic behavior exactly it's you know? exactly beautiful beautifully said. unless you want to start getting into like the archetypes with like the tyrant king and stuff which most people are not going to you know they don't they don't they don't know no idea what i'm talking about but anyways <laughs> i see what, yeah I, I agree it's like what do you mean yeah what it, exactly you know and so so those are one of the things that i've noticed a lot since i joined um martial arts is that you a lot of these people that are constantly fighting or mimicking fighting and killing every day in this in the sport and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna clarify this again mimicking a scenario <clears throat> where they're fighting but without hurting each other you know it's playful it does something powerful to your brain it teaches you to regulate your emotions better it teaches you to be more comfortable in rough scenarios and these people are 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 easier to have conversations with, you know, to get yeah. along with. So I, <clears throat> yeah, that whole, the whole term of toxic masculinity, I think it's such a flawed topic and it's, and it's even dangerous to say that because a lot of people believe that a lot of men nowadays, you know, they, they believe there's something wrong with them because they, they, they want to exude yeah. this aggressiveness. Yeah. They yeah. want to exude this aggressiveness and they suppress it. They're like, Oh shit. It's like, no, if I do this, they're going to look down on me. They're going to say that I'm toxic or I'm being violent. Some, you know, I've heard and I've read of crazy stories where women even, even tell to their men, like, Hey, you're, you're being very abusive. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You're, you're showing aggressiveness. It's like, what are you talking, what are you talking about? Like abusive in what sense? It's, uh, it's in us to, to. Well, there probably is a line there, right. Between like aggression and abuse. Yeah. You know, our, um, uh, um, said something a little bit ago go go ahead i apologize i didn't mean to interject no 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 no. that's that's you know that's that's all i wanted to say about that that um we need 
those traditions back in in our culture to to um, to basically create a healthier society because right now our culture is so uh, so depolarized and I know this might take into another rabbit hole but since we're talking about martial arts and masculinity it's like you know we we like you said we have this terms of toxic masculinity but look at our culture like we have so many men that are so depolarized they're gravitating towards alcoholism you know they're they're gravitating towards uh, uh, unhealthy practices because in a way they're compensating they they they're compensating and i truly believe that is because we're not they're not allowing them to exude to exercise that that um that uh, violence aggressiveness in a healthy manner mm-hmm. yeah i think you're i think you're touching on something incredibly important um because where i was where i was like I was talking a little bit about like the, the, the initial aspect of that, or the, the, um, the first part where we don't have like an initiation ritual into manhood. And now you're talking about the actual, like grown babies, the grown men who, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, there's a, there's a judgmental part of this, right. Where I was like, I don't want to be judgmental about, um, I don't want to be judgmental to people because everybody has their own experiences, you know? Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of men that that um, don't recognize that their their entire lives, their relationships, their friendships, their habits, their behaviors, their routines, everything they do, can be the result of a of that of that repression, you know, that repression of being able to, because because it's always there, in some capacity, you know. Um, I don't want to go, you know, I'm not going to give like my, I don't want to give like more personal experiences, but it's like, you know, even being a dad now, like there's times I get really frustrated. I'm thankfully thankful that I've, I've had those, 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 that, those combat experiences in life, but it's not perfect. You know, there are times when I, I, uh, I, I lose my temper, you know, I lose my temper and and I, you know, and I feel like an asshole. Um, But, um, but that being said, from a cultural standpoint, more macro, you know, we look at our society and we look at whether it's the movies, you know, that we, that we watch the shows, the, the behaviors, the day-to-day, you like, you talk about like alcoholism, you know, whether it's, whether it is alcohol or um, drugs, whatever that might mean, you know, it's just a lot of coping mechanisms for this, uh, this, this like repressed anxiety. And so much of that in theory, you know, not to make blanket statements, but in theory mm-hmm. could be, alleviated aided by allowing yourself to be a little to, to elicit a little bit more skillful violence you know yeah. you train you know train yourself in that train yourself in that way and um it's hard to say i haven't trained you know i haven't trained in a, in a long time i would love to get back there you know it's like i it's like that's something that i want to get jack involved and in. he's like in heart in, in swimming hardcore right now but when the fall comes I want to get him enrolled in in, uh, in karate, um, but I want him to see me doing it. You know, I think it's important that he sees that his dad as a role model. So that yes. way, going back to another kind of like another rabbit hole, a lot more of do as I do and not so much do as I say that we have in our society. You know, we have a lot of parents again speaking as a parent that observes parents, where it's like there's a lot of. A lot of do as I say. There's a lot of dads out there that can't hang with their kids. You know, they can't go run with their kids or, or t- you know, go play play you know play sports with them or go climbing with them and do anything like that. I'm like, how on earth are you supposed to raise 
this um, capable human being if all you're teaching them how to do is sit down with a tablet and climb virtually, climb a digital, you know, a digital sports game, you know, which they don't play because they don't, they have no ident identity with, you know, with sports in general. But um, you see what I'm saying? It's like you absolutely. That's that's a whole other like kind of rabbit hole where it's like, you know, like what do you a lot a lot of, lot of do as I say? Yeah, that's as that's I do. a you know that's a that's a very sad you know the thing to observe. You know, I think you you said something you said something that could be sensitive for a lot of people, but it is just a fact. I mean, there's a lot of parents that don't want to do parenting anymore. And, you know, I'm going to say first that I don't have kids and I hope to have them one day, but I am, I consider myself um, uh, fortunate because, you know, the back when I was a kid, like my, my parents, you know, would always spend a lot of time with me, especially my dad, you know, I never really truly appreciated, you know, how much time, you know, he spent with me uh, in many activities, you know, the times I went to play um, uh, soccer and tournaments, etc. he would always go, like, he never really played those sports with me, but he was there present, you know, and that, and that, um, that's, that's something that I know it really, really helped me to have a better relationship with him, with, with him and with men. And um, right at the school where, where I trained jiu-jitsu, I see a lot, of, a lot of my colleagues that have kids, they actually show up to the kids' class wearing the, the kimono or the jiu-jitsu gi, and they, they actually help their kids during the class, they participate. And that's something that I've been observing. And I'm like, man, that's such a cool thing because not only you're spending quality time with your son, but you're, you're, you're leading by example. Mm -hmm. You're leading by example and you're, you're not just dropping them off in school. I mean. No, no judgment here. Sometimes some parents just work their asses off and they have to drop off their kids. Yeah. You know, at the academy. And, you know, that's, that's, that's better than, than just having, just having them at home, numbing themselves with the, with the uh, fluorescence drinks and iPads, you know, yeah. I think, I think you, it's better to at least take them there. It, real quick. I just, you know, like, I feel it prudent to mention, like you're, you're touching on something so important because it's like, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Like there's a balance to be had, <clears throat> balance to be had because I recognize fully holy i am not perfect as a dad like there are so many things that i can improve on i go to bed almost every night thinking about how i can be a better dad the next day like what can i do yeah. you know to be enriching and it's not always successful it's like i don't yeah. i don't go to bed you know i don't i my goal is to go to bed every day feeling like i did a good job of being a dad but it's not you know we don't we're we're still i'm still learning you know i'm still i'm still learning plenty but that's what I said. when i said there's a balance there's a balance of of understanding compassion forgiveness but then also stop being a little bitch start <laughs> it doing, comes down to that <laughs> start to that's what i have to yeah. tell myself that's that's yeah. how i've got you know that's 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 out the time so in in so many facets of my life you know where yeah. it's like i could complain i could it's like jeremy stop being a little bitch man i know like it's your you might be tired you might be this is more like i said it's more than just being a dad this is this is everything in my life you know um yeah or it's like oh you don't want to do it or it's like oh you could do you could you could procrastinate this that Stop being a little bitch. Don't complain. No one's going to help you. No one's going to save you. Do it. Forgiveness. That's 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 like the scale, right? Like forgiveness, understanding, compassion. Yeah. Stop being a little bitch. Stop being Anyways, a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. What were, what, were, what, were, what were you saying? You are talking about know, the, that's a, that's the dads, a, you know, that show up. I think that's, that's great. Yeah. That's. I think that's a great way to, uh, you know, like uh, encourage yourself to to stop complaining. You know, sometimes. Sometimes you need to do get slapped in the face. Sometimes you need to call yourself out, you know, because it's not like you have a coach right there telling you how to be a dad. You know, you, you have to be yeah. able to identify 
the where where your fuck ups are right and just kind of like and just be like all right fuck it i fucked up just stopping a little bitch and just go go ahead and do it better or don't procrastinate and go, go go ahead and spend some time with your dad i'm i again i don't have kids but i am pretty sure i am 100 percent sure that you're going to be able to look back one day and say i have no regrets of those times where i missed on some sleep because i was uh and uh, or i missed on some rest because i spent time with my son uh, you know and i'm pretty sure that you're going to get to that point where you're going to be like no regrets oh uh, i i i hope so i i'd also <laughs> i also feel prudent to mention that sometimes it's the opposite where it's like i'm not going to have any regrets about sleeping when i could have been hanging out with my son <laughs> when it's like resting when i could have been hanging out it's like no i'm gonna go I'm going to go lay down in your bed, Jack. You can play in the room right here, but uh, daddy, can you play with me? No, I'm tired. I'm tired. Again, um, again, I don't have kids. So maybe I'll contradict myself one day. Once I have kids, <laughs> you know how they say, right? Is that yeah. you don't really know anything about parenting until you have kids. There's no book on earth that will teach you how to be the perfect dad. Only ideas. No, it's no, not I mean, it's not yeah, until you throw yourself into it and you're like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah, you know, and this circles this circles all the way back to our first, you know, first conversation. We were talking about life experience, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, to your credit, to be fair, I you know, and I and you know, we we, we can talk about like medical big pharma tyranny type BS or or whether it's like circumcision or this or that. Like you're I you know, to your credit, like of of you know, of all the friends that I have or have had that don't have kids, like you're very understanding of of um you have you you do a much better job of of being able to look at life like you know through that lens and and as a dad who has like i said who has friends or have had friends because i don't have all the same friends anymore that i used to when i um that i used to when i wasn't a dad you know because the, the tough part for me is like a lot of people friends they don't understand what it's like to have kids you know yeah. i was the same way with uh with another friend of mine um, when he had, when he had his kid, um, when he had a kid, uh, cause he has two now, but he had a kid and, um, Ian is who I'm talking about, you know, Ian. Yeah. um, I didn't, I didn't fully understand. I would blame him or almost be resentful at certain times because he didn't answer my text messages or because he wasn't so, um, uh, accommodating for my yeah. schedule. And then I have a, and then I have a kid. I'm like, shit, there's sometimes when people, I won't, I won't respond to a text message for two or three days. Cause I like, I open it and then like, and then, I, and then if I don't answer right then and there, like, Oh hell, I don't know. I, I completely forgot that, that, you know, that I've had it. That being said, I, I don't have friends anymore that, um, you know, certainly haven't been as understanding about this. And it's not like I intentionally cut them off because they don't understand. That's just how life goes. You know, um, you start to, uh, you start to grow and grow in different ways. And that just, yeah, there's, there's, um, I think the the way I learned it one time about about the archetypes. By the way, the you know, by archetypes I mean like the the psychological themes that appear in your life. You know, themes. You know, right? So I learned this one time from Paul Check where he was saying that when <clears throat> the parent archetype, whether it's the mother, the father, uh, comes in into your life, you do change. You do change. You are no longer that yeah, that immature uh adolescent you know that just you're just thinking about yourself now you, your focus is a lot on another human being so yeah. i so i could see how a lot of friendships sometimes can disintegrate not necessarily because you you guys had a fight but because your your focus now like 70 percent of your attention now it's on another human being you're 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 that's basically the 
the role of a parent, you know, a lot of your focus is, is there. So that those situations will bring different people into your life. You might gravitate towards different people, towards different friendships. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a normal process. You know, I think we, we, we have been able to preserve our friendship simply, simply because number one, I like, we, we had a deep connection in the beginning about exercise and health. And you and I, we, we kind of went down into rabbit holes and we shared so much information together. Yeah. So I, I saw you, I saw you becoming a different person from the time you weren't a dad to now you're a father. It's like, wow, you're like a whole different Jeremy. Yeah. And you know, I like seeing that, you know, I, I like to keep those people in my life because at one point I, I can mirror back or I, I cannot mirror back. I can mimic. I'm constantly learning. You know, I, I like to look up to people that have life experience and sometimes, you know, I can ask them questions. Sometimes I can, I can see what they're doing, observe and be like, okay, maybe the, maybe I should adopt some of those values. Maybe I should adopt some of those behaviors. I can test them. So <clears throat> I, I listened to a, um, I listened to a really good podcast the other day between uh, Jordan Peterson and Russell Brand and um, probably one of the best ones I listened to. Um, and not that I listened to a lot, to be honest with you. Um, but Russell Brand. Oh, so I'm sorry. This was actually it was Michaela Peterson. It was Jordan's daughter. Daughter. It was her podcast. She was her her guest was Russell Brand, and then Jordan Peterson was actually there. And I can't get enough of Jordan Peterson, so of course I'm gonna listen to it. Um, but Michaela asked him, Russell Brand, like, what's it like to be a dad now? Are you familiar with Russell Brand? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no absolutely. Um, he's 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 had a really wild journey. Yeah, yeah. Look, so, and look, okay, at, and so look at him now. He also does jujitsu. <laughs> that's, that's exactly that's, no, he's a, that's exactly a wild journey. Yeah. Michaela asked him, "What's it like being a dad now?" You know, compared to like you're like observing your growth, and he's like, "Yeah, there's a lot of life and death." And she laughs. She laughs, and he's not laughing. Um, she, she's like, she's like, "Well, what do you well, what do you mean by that?" He's like, "Well, there's a lot of life around my house because I think he has like a two and a four year old now, and he's like, it's a lot of life around my house. You know, it's like these kids, um, they bring a lot of life." but there's also death, death of, you know, who I was, you know, it's like, it's like these, these pieces are dying and you're like, and he, he doesn't go like much more into that, but you kind of get the gist of it. Like it's very powerful when you, when we think about life in those terms, because I think most people, um, they think about life as just this like linear, either, either linear growth or linear complacency. You know, it's like, they don't, they don't expect, I, I, again, speaking from experience, it's like, Oh, I was 27 years old. I thought I had the world figured out, you know, and now I'm 36 and I look back on who I was at 34. I'm like, you know, shit. Um, you know, so I, and I, hope that right? that, I hope that that continues. I hope that continues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> going back to the life and death thing, I think that's, I think that's, that's, that's a very powerful and astute way to think about life. Um, especially life after, you know, after kids. Cause I think it's also real easy to just think about the death part. Like, Oh, what do kids inhibit me from? What do they prevent me from doing? You know? And unfortunately I think a lot of people or parents um, look at, look at parenthood or life through that lens after they have, after they have kids, they like, you know, they, they want their white picket fences and, and they have this like fantastical dream of what they think life is going to be like. And then they have kids and it's like, now you don't even, you, you can hardly be around them anymore. You just glued to your phone. You know, or you're trying to distract them or you're trying to just keep them occupied just until you can have your time, you know, and um, again, life and death. It's like it's, a, it's like such a great way, 
such a great and, way to explain and that. they see sometimes no that, that, that was that was a great explanation sometimes they see kids as a burden you know i've uh, i have worked with people that are resentful to their kids those are very difficult cases too you know because um the more i ask questions the the the, the more i find out that they resent their kids because when they had their kids you know they had to give up a persona a character that no longer served no 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 longer served them you know but um i think what people really don't know how to deal with is the life crisis that they go through when when they bring another human being into the planet why because they are no longer either uh, they they no longer have the freedom to do all the things that that they were doing to stimulate so much fun and dope high dopamine you know into themselves and now they realize that you have to grow up and that's all yeah. and and you know life is all about growing up you know there's um there's a funny meme that i saw the other day and it, it was a it's a caterpillar and then you have the butterfly right and they're both sitting on a table and i think it was a caterpillar that tells to the butterfly like you changed and the butterfly said you're supposed to you're supposed to change you know, yeah. every, every, every decade of your life, you're, you're supposed to change. If you're not, if you like, like the quote that you described earlier, if you're not looking back uh, at your past and, and, and cringing about your, the things that you did or thought or believed, you're not really growing. Yeah. You're, you're trying to avoid this life crisis that serves a purpose. You know, the, the life crisis is, is just telling you that it's time to move on and change change things in life but people now medicate themselves for it <laughs> yeah they they medicate themselves they don't want to let go of, yeah. of their of their uh teenager years you know years when they were super young and now you see people in their 40s sometimes even 50s still trying to act like 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 as if they were 2021 20, yeah and uh, yeah. and i and i link that to parenting because Parenting is something that is, I believe, I truly believe it's natural in us. It's something that we are inherently designed to do, yet we suppress it. Like we suppress so many other natural things now in, in our culture, in our society. That's a that's an excellent point, you know, where it's like, it is. It's like, again, if, whether, it doesn't matter how you want to describe it. It's a, it's a whether it's from a biological, physiological, cultural, societal, like, 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 like psychosocial explanation. You know, it's like having kids is a part of life, you know, in that, in that same podcast and that's it because there's a part of it that is, that is very much tied into the acceptance of death, the acceptance of your own mortality. And if you cannot accept your own mortality, you are going to suffer. Like you talk about medicating you, you are going to, um, you are going to suffer just straight up. I don't even need to go much more than that. You're going to suffer. In that same podcast with, uh, with, with the Petersons and Russell Brand, Jordan Peterson said something that I thought was extremely profound. And he talked about how um, it's impossible to grow up without having kids. It's impossible to grow up Ooh. without having kids. We, oh, can have, shit, we, can, a... we can grow up. We can grow up to a point. And we will grow in different ways, even without kids. Because obviously there are people that can't have kids. Um, they'll continue to grow. They'll continue to grow. But having kids is another level of of growth, and um, and that 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 really resonated with me. That really resonated with me, you know. And um, my mind is point, blowing up right now. Just just it's a, because it's what a you good, just said, it's a good I'm like, podcast, holy yeah. shit! I never thought about it. 
that yeah, is true. He, yeah, yeah. He he explains it far more eloquent. I could never, I could never. I, I always, I almost even hate bringing it up because like Jordan Peterson is such a great speaker. Um, his mind is is phenomenal. Um, but it, it it just circles back to what we we're talking about with life experience. Life experience. I mean, it, it does make it does make a lot of sense. How can you truly, if there's such thing as understanding the meaning of life, how can you truly understand the meaning of life if you're not you know, having kids. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like I can't objectively, objectively um, um, explain that right now, but you, what you just said kind of blew my mind. I mean, it's, it makes a lot of sense. How well, can you really it, experience, you know? <clears throat> it reminds me of uh, when I used to listen to a lot of Alan Watts and, um, you know, Alan Watts, he says something that, is, that always sticks with me. I even referenced it uh, in a conversation yesterday. It's like, he says, um, he talks about judgment. He's like, how can you know um, what you are without knowing what you are not, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. who, you can't know who you are without knowing who you are not. And, and similarly, when we talk about life, you know, he, he poses the question, you know, even if you could live forever, would you really want to, you know, because, because from my perspective, the way that I interpret or process that is that you cannot know life without knowing death. You can't truly appreciate the, the gravity, the, the awesomeness of life without knowing that one day it won't be there, yeah. you know? And it's like moment to moment again, like with, <laughs> with Jack, like watching him just like walk down the sidewalk. Um, it's incredibly profound for me because every single moment, like, you know, that might not be there. You know, you have to be able to appreciate, um, you know, these, uh, the potential for the lack of these moments. You have to be able to appreciate death in order to really fully grasp, you know, what life is. And um, I thought, I, I, I always think of stuff like that. You know, it's, it's like who, who you are versus who you are not, life versus death. And um, being able to grasp, grasp those things, I think is incredibly powerful. That makes me think of something that I heard uh, about a week ago. And I was watching a video by, um, Elliot Hulse, and he talks about why he transitioned from being a new age guy, a hippie guy to, to uh, a, a Catholic guy, right? And uh, his, his journey is really interesting. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure you follow up with some of his videos, but he talks about how- I think I might, keep, keep talking. I think I might've watched this one. Yeah, he uh, talks about how the, the new age people are constantly trying to transcend. They're trying to transcend and somehow uh, get to this level of point where they can transcend the ego, they can transcend the human experience and somehow live in space and become in light, etc. <laughs> and then he talks a lot about how delusional that idea is and how we need to stop being hippies. And then he gives the example of religion. He gives example, especially he gives example of, of uh, uh, Christianity and, and, and Catholicism. He says, you know, there, there's, um, you understand that there is there's death and because you understand that there is death you know then you become more responsible you you appreciate you know life a lot more and you're not just taking things for granted you know and uh, that that kind of made that that also made my head spin a little bit i was like that is actually true there's a lot of there's a, a, a lot of the and i know this is going to sound judgmental but it's, it's been my own observation a lot of uh, there's a new age people, new age progressive people that don't want to have kids. They, 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 they don't bring them, you know, to the planet because somehow they, they see them as a burden to their human experience. 
Yeah. You know, and I think it goes goes hand in hand with what you just said, life and death. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, brother, we're just about out of time. Um, That's all good. I want to um, express my gratitude and I want to truly, you know, um, thank you for uh, um, for being here, being my first guest. We always have great conversations. Um, I, I knew that you would be the uh, the best first person to have. Um, as this goes on, I'm sure I'll have you on again. So thank you Absolutely, so much man. for your time. Um, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon, bro. Thank you very much, man. It was a pleasure being, uh, being your podcast, especially being my first podcast. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. what to expect, but you know, it was, it was a really great experience. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, bro. Awesome, man. Thank you very much.